This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. do not deceive you yes we are back <laughs> finally with a new episode and our first of 2023 as we kick off our 11th year of podcasting we made it past that 10-year mark and even though it took a little longer than <laughs> we're used to we're finally starting year 11 for the bad fans podcast dane how is it going uh you just said it tim year 11 <laughs> i can't believe we've done this for this long <laughs> Uh, I know 10 felt like a landmark, obviously, but even saying 11 still feels like <laughs> it's <laughs> still like a milestone <laughs> being over that decade. You know, I want to say this is the longest. This is the longest thing I've ever done consistently. Really? Like, yeah. For 11 years. Um, outside of like, oh, I, I like Star Wars or I like Batman. Right. Of course. Yes. Yeah, something that you're actually doing. No. I'm yeah. trying to think if that's if the, I think this has now lasted longer than when I was in a band as a teenager. I think that lasted about ten years where we were actively practicing and doing shows. So yes, yeah, this might be the same for me too. <laughs> um, uh, playing baseball, maybe. Mm, yeah, I. I, I th- I think this beats well for me anyway uh playing baseball okay yeah i see so. i can't really say baseball i mean i obviously played soft little softball games as a kid and catch and all that stuff a lot but yeah. actual baseball game where it's like nine on nine actual team and you're playing hardball i've actually never done so <laughs> i can't say i can count uh, that as something i've done oh you've never played uh uh like little league no never did that uh i see there's always just games with like friends and neighborhood kids. As a, and sometimes with like some of the adults try to organize it, but it'd be like too many kids. So it's like, you know, 15 on a team and like six outfielders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Which funny because um, about two years ago, I had to stop playing uh, uh, softball. Uh, one of my coworkers, my boss, um, in fact, uh, he, he, um, he was part of a 
you know, just an amateur softball, high-pitched softball team. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't keep up with the games. Like, it was, like, every weekend, sometimes twice a week. I just couldn't keep up with it. So I had to, uh, I had to lay down my bat and glove for the last time, too. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you chose the podcast over baseball. I'm so honored, Dave. I did. That I did, Tim. <laughs> I, I laid it down for our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, 11 years and going strong. and go, As strong as ever. <laughs> but anyway, um, th- this wouldn't be a, a podcast, Tim. Without A, a name, and B, uh, without a random question. Of course, we got to start the we got to start the year off right. Yeah. Here in February. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of February, almost. Uh, no, no, it is or a couple days, right? Uh, okay, Tim. Who was your first celebrity autograph? First celebrity autograph. Yeah. Does it have to be where I actually got it, or could it be someone else got it for me? Type of you, you got it. Because hmm. there's, there's not many. <laughs> yeah. Well, same thing with me. I mean, yeah. I guess where I actually did it. I guess it would be Weezer. Actually, they did a they, they did a signing wow. at a local Best Buy back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I went down. It was literally like down the street from where I lived. So I went there. I got the C- newest CD release at the time, Ratitude, signed by them, which was cool. So that was probably the first that I've gotten where I was actually <laughs> there and I saw them sign it. Uh, I see. But it's kind of similar to the person I was remembering where I actually saw an autograph or kind of celebrity or group that I liked was my dad actually got Pat Smear's autograph uh, from the Foo Fighters <laughs> randomly really? at an airport at an airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said like Pat had like a surprise look on his face. Like, man, this kind of older guy actually knows our band. I was about <laughs> to say, I was about to say, how did your dad know who Pat Smear was? Nirvana and the germs. Well, not the germs, but <laughs> definitely Nirvana and Foo Fighters. Right. My, my dad kept up to the music we were listening to, so especially with like the bands we love, like Foo Fighters during that time. So he knew who Pat Smear was, and when oh. he saw him, he was like, "Oh, Pat!" And he had him sign like some of his work papers because my dad was at the airport for work, and he just had him sign <laughs> this random paperwork he had from his job. And, and where does your dad work? He was working for TV Guide at the time. And so uh, he did different stores, but apparently, I guess he had a store he had to go to at the, an airport <laughs> that day. So that's what he ran into. Uh, I see. Well, at least it was a TV guy. It wasn't like some like docu- like engineering document or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something <laughs> important that he needed. Wow. Cool dad. Yeah. I got to say, Tim. So cool I, dad. I don't, I don't know where that's at, though, right now. <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest. <laughs> Oh man! All right, that's that was my question, Tim. All right, I had to think about it a little bit, but at least I was able to give you two answers. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for the big reveal. Our name for 2023, and we had plenty of time to think about it. So, 
the name we've come up with because it has to do with our delay in releasing an episode because it was all because of me. <laughs> it was a series of unfortunate circumstances that happened for me over the past month. So our name for 2023 is going to be, fittingly so, It's All Tim's Fault. So everyone, welcome to the first episode of It's All Tim's Fault. Will this episode be a good one or will it be a bad one? Either way, it'll be my fault regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if it's a bad one. It's all Tim's fault. But if it's a good one, it's it's everybody's fault. It's, it, it's, it's everybody's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah, if it's a good one, it's all because of Dane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not that good, Tim. I don't think I could. I don't think I could do a podcast by myself. We never like tried did. that with bad fans. I know I've done a few by myself, which yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of doing and don't plan on doing again. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's kind of like a one man play, right? Yeah. It's like if you're if you falter, it's all on you. <laughs> I will say it does feel weird nobody. at first doing it, but as you go along, it's, it starts feeling kind of normal where. So I just look at it as an episode where I'm just doing most of the talking where it's something <laughs> that it's a topic I'm really interested in discussing. Because there are those periods where sometimes where I'm talking about something and Dane doesn't say a word for like 15 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> but somehow sometimes I look at these episodes where I record by myself. But the first one I ever did was a, such <laughs> that was weird. It was for the yeah. saga continues where it was like our fourth episode. And it was under like eight minutes or something like that. I could not drag <laughs> that thing out. <laughs> And so we dubbed it the Kessel Run since it was so short. <laughs> was the name of that episode? I was like, after that, I was like, nope, never, not doing that again unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's like you gotta ask yourself why you're doing it. You know, like, am I like, crazy? <laughs> or is it really? <laughs> is it really worth it doing this now, or can it not wait till for later? <laughs> till the gang's all yeah. there. Yeah, right. Well, uh, it's it's a good thing we're all, we're both here. We're we're both back, Tim. Yes, we're ready to talk about. Oh, a lot, a we lot got of a lot things. of stuff to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of stuff to talk about, Tim. Um. So yeah, but of course, before we get into everything, we got to kick off the episode like we always do by continuing our commentary, our minute commentary, I should say, for the Fellowship of the Ring, and we are on minute thirty-seven, and Dane. I just noticed this right now. This is a good sign. We're at minute 37, but do you see what the remaining time is for the movie that we have left? Oh, God, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, 3.11.09. <laughs> yep. We're exactly three hours and 11 minutes left of this podcast. Or this commentary. <laughs> We're at a, this is a milestone. The 37 is not a milestone, but the fact that we have three hours and 11 minutes remaining is a huge milestone. <laughs> Yeah, it is, I guess, for you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for everybody. Everybody uh, understands for everybody. how huge this is. <laughs> okay, so now that we got that all out of the way, <laughs> grab your relevant physical media, such as your VHS copy, your DVD copy, your HD DVD copy, your Betamax tape, your Laserdisc copy, your DVHS copy. Grab your Blockbuster membership and go rent it at the one blockbuster remaining. Grab your Netflix physical media, take it out of the red envelope and stick it into your DVD player. <laughs> and 
if you're like me and Dane, you gotta grab the best version of it. Your pausing for suspense. What <laughs> <Or> reality? <laughs> I was trying to remember the name of it. <laughs> your yeah. VHS converted DVD copy. Yes, how could I forget <laughs> that? Our rush showing already after this long. Yeah, video. I forgot about that. The best version of physical media. So. <laughs> yeah, you 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 also forgot the most important handheld um, uh, that's right. media format. <laughs> How can I forget your UMD copy? <laughs> your four disc <laughs> UMD copy. I have a feeling it'd be more than four discs if Lord yeah. of the Rings came out on the UMD. <laughs> yeah, probably like like 17 of them. <laughs> you need like 17. <laughs> I would probably last, if they had it released though. The last five are just the credits. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i miss those days yeah anyway yes regardless since we don't have those copies we'll make do with what we have <laughs> so yeah. i'll i'll go ahead and give the countdown dane are you ready i am tim okay three two one play as we see Gandalf remove the ring from the fire and tells Frodo it's quite cool. And now we're down to three hours and ten minutes. The three eleven did not last very long. <laughs> Much to my how would you know? How, how would you know that it's not cool? It, it, it's uh, cool and it doesn't get hot. Well, I guess it it, it didn't melt, right? Yeah. Maybe Gandalf. But part of his studies that he was researching in Gondor revealed that the One Ring wouldn't be heated if put in the fire. Just reveal the writing and the markings i wonder how many people got married right <laughs> and have that inscription on their rings right yeah or at least maybe not the actual words that are inscribed there but their vows or something in the elvish writing yeah right. that would be actually really cool and the classic line maybe the most iconic line of all out of all of tolkien's writings uh, is there a more iconic line? Uh, fly, you fools. That's another one. Yeah, I would. You shall not. You, no, I was gonna say you, you shall, shall not pass, pass probably over that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it turned into a, to a meme, as well as Sean Bean, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, saying, you don't simply walk tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the one that's not popular because of a meme would be <laughs> the lines right yeah. there the description on the ring i should say since we're still talking about lord of the rings i watched last night because i just saw i happened to see it was on hbo max and it was only a little over an hour was the 1970s animated hobbit movie which i don't think i've ever seen all all the way through i've never seen a bits and pieces as a kid but uh for its animation i really like the animation for it but man does it move at a blistering pace (laughs) yeah i was about to say like what did they cut and like what scenes did they make really short <laughs> pretty much everything's really short uh, <laughs> they see. got most of the big moments from the book in there but they're just extremely short yeah and, well i mean you know i was really thinking about it tim um you know like these big epics right like lord of the rings or moby dick or dracula these classic 
books, right? Mm-hmm. So Lord of the Rings is essentially starts off is a um, an estate conflict, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Moby Dick, yeah, they kill the whale, but um, it's mostly just the history of whaling and coins and just random things, right? Um, Dracula is essentially just a real estate sale. <laughs> really? See, I never knew that about them. About Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the first guy you're introduced to is is a real estate agent, essentially. I mean, they, they call him a solicitor or a lawyer, but I mean, he, he's just trying to... Uh, Dracula wants to buy wants to buy a flat in London. That's that's how it starts off. And Moby Dick, yeah, call me Ishmael, and they go out on the be- uh, on the boat and stuff. But most of that book, I'd say like a good 80% of that book is the history of whaling and like the history of um, a country uh, like... Uh, making machines and production and all kinds of just random things right so yeah those i think the key to a classic is just make it about something normal like like doing your taxes right and then something all something mundane yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or filling out the paperwork to renew your life driver's license or something yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. you cracked the code, Dane. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I, I've tried to read Moby Dick. I've read some of The Lord of the Rings, and I've read Dracula. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have these three things in common. I mean, I mean, these three thing, three, three books have that in common, where they just start off as, like, just this random thing, like a real, I mean, a... Uh, a will conflict or an estate conflict, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to distract us. Yeah, well, like I said, never thought of it that way, but I think you cracked the code. What makes it successful? Yeah. So get get cracking on your own literary classic, Dane. To start off yeah, with an activity, and then go, and to, then the rest will take care of itself. I'm trying to remember how War and Peace starts, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, I can't help you there. Uh, I never read that one. <laughs> I think it's just a bunch of people. No, no, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So what should we talk about first, Dane? The big news topic regarding the DC movies, the TV shows that we've been watching. What do you think? Or uh, anything else that's coming to your mind? Let us get the DC stuff out of the way because I don't really have it much to say about it, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. I, I kind of figure, but I'll just get your general yeah. ranking of enthusiasm for it. But obviously, yeah. we had the big news a couple of weeks ago where James Gunn took to uh, first they had like a press event, a secret press event. The next day, James Gunn put out and DC put out a video laying out the plans for the first phase or chapter, I should say, of the new DC Universe titled Gods and Monsters, revealing not only movies, but the TV shows that we're going to get uh, building up this new DC universe. But I guess first thing out of the way, get this out of the way first. 
he acknowledged in the video the upcoming DC EU movies coming out this year, The Flash and Blue Beetle, Aquaman. And um, so kind of saying that those are obviously still happening. And he kind of confirmed, too, where it's like, this isn't going to be a full-blown reboot and reset of everything. There are going to be some elements that are still going to trickle their way into this new main DC universe. And he's saying Flashpoint or the Flash movie will indeed be a reset um, for this new DC universe, but not everything's going to be totally changed. Um, so, which I kind of took, I was like, I was kind of hoping they just go full blown, you know, blow it up, start fresh type of thing. But, um, cause it just, that just seems to be the problem where they just try to hold on to certain aspects while trying to move forward at the same time. But maybe this one's going to be a bigger, I think it definitely will be a much bigger reset than we've gotten before <laughs> in certain other movies that try to hold on to certain things and move away and onto other stuff. But, um, at the same time, I think too, where it's like, if you have some, when it comes to actors anyway, you have good actors in the role, might as well still still use them. But it's just seems funny and where in the case he's open to some returning like remaining like Jason Momoa, but yet Henry Cavill they felt for his Superman movies not the right fit and they're gonna recast that. So it's still a lot of wait and see to see how everything goes. But I was a little bit surprised where at first this is and he kind of confirmed on Twitter, too, where it's not going to be a total full-blown reset. But, of course, the majority of things are definitely going to be changing. But um, I just liked to just how uh, – well, I should get my other one little concern out of the way. <laughs> is that the one trepidation I can't help but still have is that, you know, this isn't the first time we've had a list of upcoming movies and projects get revealed for DC. And we all know how – those went so obviously this i'm feeling more optimistic about this but there's still a part of me with like um kind of wait to see it to believe it if all these things are these projects announced are going to happen and you cannot not help but feel that way because of warner brothers past track track record but they're definitely going on all in on this and they got um some good leaders now in charge with james gunn that's what i really love about all this just having a face and someone who's talking to the fans and audience of what to expect is so refreshing now i mean james gunn is really being like that kevin feige face of the dc movie universe this has all announcements and news comes from uh, kevin feige for the mcu uh, it's great to have the stuff be announced by someone who's in charge at dc and uh, it's talking to the fans and i just love not only james gunn's passions that he's showing in this video it's his love for these characters and comics and to have someone in charge um with that passion for these characters but just how he's active he is on social media and just responding to either like bs rumors that he calls out which is awesome or if people just have questions about certain project he responds when he's canned i just like how open he is it's just so refreshing to have that voice for dc movies finally and if nothing else regardless of the type of movies we get this is a huge step and changing things for the better regarding dc movie is to have a face and someone in charge who is out there talking about all this stuff so that that's the great thing, I think, right now that we're already seeing um, a nice change of. Um, but in regards to projects, that's of course that's the big thing that was announced during his video. So I'll read off the list because it's split into movies and TV shows. So the movies we're gonna get um, Superman Legacy, which James Gunn is writing, and there's still talk that he might be directing it, but we'll see. But that's as he said is really gonna launch off this new DC universe beginning with Superman legacy as he's kind of describing it as a story where Superman's in conflict with his heritage as a Kryptonian while living on earth. And it's going to be set 
not an origin story, he said, but it's still pretty early in the career of Clark as Superman. So um, I just like the idea that, you know, as it should be, the new DC universe should get kicked off with the greatest and the first hero of the DC universe, Superman. So I do like the title too, Superman Legacy. And uh, after that, we got The Authority, which was kind of a surprise. Um, I never, I always knew of those comics, but I never actually read them. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works um, within this DC universe. And then we got Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing. And then the big other big one, The Brave and the Bold, which is going to be the DC universe's Batman with Damien as Robin in this universe. So first off, they made a, and we kind of do this already too, Matt, nothing's changing with Matt Reeves, the Batman movies. They even announced the release date for the Batman uh, Part 2, which is its official title. So those are still coming, but I'm also glad that um, it's not going to be something where because Matt Reeves is doing his thing with Batman. We can't have a Batman in the shared DC universe. I'm glad there are doing two separate ones. So Batman can be a part of this growing bigger DC universe. And I'm super excited that, you know, we're having Damien in this movie as Robin. But James Gunn has also said, and I believe in some of the uh, press releases for it, that the extended Bat family will be a part of this too. It will be kind of an established Batman where we've had robin batgirl though so the fact that we're going to get finally the bat family on screen in live action movies i am super ecstatic about that and we'll just have to wait and see who is actually going to be playing batman in this universe so we'll find out on that but i just was cool not only to know that yes batman will be a part of this universe but the fact that it's going to have the bat family in it i am super excited about that and as matt reeves batman is going down the realistic um like like crime stories for the Batman. Hopefully this one goes that more uh, fantastical, more comic booky type Batman stories where we can go crazy with villains like Man Bat, Clayface, those type of things. And the fact that this is being inspired by uh, the first appearance of uh, Damien's Son of Batman story by Grant Morrison, maybe we will get those Ninja Man Bats on screen. <laughs> so we'll see. But I'm glad that the Bat family is not being ignored this time in this universe. And it's cool that we are getting... Uh, a Supergirl movie to kick off, or not kick off, but to be part of this first chapter. And Woman Sam, of Tomorrow, I, I've can never can read. Can I ask you something? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be two Batman, right? Yes. Okay. So it's like Matt Reeves' Batman. They even said this in the video of that and like uh, the sequel to Joker. Those will be, I think they are going to have like an Elseworlds label on them just to kind of show that they're not part of this main uh, new universe continuity. So they are going to make the distinction between both of them. Well, I guess that's a good thing. You know, I mean, I don't think Matt Reeves as Batman, as good as good as it is, mm. you know, can really fit into, you know, like a Marvel-esque. Yeah. Thing. One thing so. one thing I will say, though, as excited I am that the DC Universe Batman is going to have Robin and the Bat family. I did think, especially how Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson talked how they were kind of potentially going to do a story with Robin as well. And I hope that's still the case because I would love to see their take on that version of Batman establishing a Robin, a younger Robin too in that. So I hope they don't move away from that. If that was their plan, maybe it wasn't. And they were just talking about ideas of something they might want to do, but if it is, or it was where Matt Reeves really wanted a story to introduce Robin, but that's still the case. Um, but we'll see. I'm, again, I'm just glad that. Yeah. Both sides are kind of working it out where they're allowing each other to do their own thing. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking the 
the sequel to the Batman, which I think they announced it's the Batman two is the title of it. The Batman which part is two. Great. Yeah. Part two. Right? Everyone's comparing it to like the which Godfather movies. Like yeah. the sequel is like the Godfather part two and the Godfather part three. We'll just do the same for the Batman. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, the Dark Knight was already taken. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I was thinking they should do Heart of Ice. Mm, oh man <laughs> for, for part two imagine adapting that yeah. for a live action movie Jeez. yeah they should do that but i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what direction of villains is gonna go that's for sure as, as obviously it's the case with every batman movie but <laughs> yeah is that penguin show still coming out it's still yeah it's still on track yeah. i believe they're filming right now so Oh that, right, yeah. I I saw something with uh, um, Colin Farrell where he was saying uh, Penguin has a love interest in that show. So yeah. yeah, so it definitely wasn't a casualty of some other HBO Max stuff. So <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. But, and speaking of TV shows, I mean that was the other stuff that got announced, and there's some stuff I'm pretty darn excited about here. So. First off, um, Creature Commandos is going to be an animated series set in this universe, which I'm not too familiar with the Creature Commandos, but their designs look pretty cool in some of the artwork I've, I've seen for it. And then uh, Waller, which is going to be a series about Amanda Waller, still played by Viola Davis. And then Paradise Lost is going to be a, sh- a show about uh, the Amazons. I'm The one thing I'm not sure on if uh, Wonder Woman is going to be a part of that, I hope she is, because... I really want this DC universe to, you know, have the big three still be the a main factor and focus in building this universe with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So hopefully the series, obviously it's set on the mascara and about the Amazons and that uh, Diana it will be the main character of that. And then yeah. Booster Gold, which should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Booster Gold is such a fun character in the comics. And there's one that uh, he could do so much fun stuff in a live action series. I think that this has the potential to be like a really unique type of comedy style type superhero yeah. project. Yeah. You see, that was the one that I was really, that really stuck out to me, like a really a booster gold yeah. <laughs> TV show. And, um, but, but the more I thought about it, the more, you know, I, I started to come around to the idea where it's like it booster gold is a character that would fit really well into james gunn's sort yes. of sense of yeah. humor right mm-hmm. and and the way he uh writes scripts or whatever um but yeah also the waller show um it, it it's good to actually spend spend time with with <laughs> with uh amanda waller instead of like it seems like all of her appearances in all of these movies is is literally like like, like it's him is the superhero and I'm Amanda Waller, right? So it's like, oh, what do you want, Tim? I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you better do the job. Otherwise, I'm going to blow the chip in your head and you're going to die. Okay, bye. That's it. Yeah, it's right? either that or just her making sure her tracks are covered and being as ruthless yeah. as possible to make sure she her tracks are covered and she gets the mission done. So, yeah, I definitely yeah. think this will obviously be a show that explores more of her character and obviously backstory what motivates her and all that type of stuff um, yeah and, and the uh, the mascara one is it's sort of like okay so like i guess we're gonna build this on tv first mm-hmm. 
and then we're going to switch to the movies, which is a good thing. I mean, it, these things have to grow in people's minds naturally rather than, well, here's a new Wonder Woman. It's not Gal Gadot anymore, but here's your new Wonder Woman or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, again, that's why I'm really curious if Wonder Woman is really is going to be the main focus of that show or not, which, again, I hope she is, because, yeah. like I said, let's get the three, big three in the DC universe established um, in this first chapter, as they're calling it, and then, because I also, there was, I think it's a tweet that James Gunn said how, talking about building a universe and introducing new characters um, that maybe we haven't seen before in live action, and how um, it's important to kind of have the big characters be the entryway for these new characters to introduce, be introduced um, to a new audience type of scenario. And it looks like that is the case with this first chapter, as a lot of the big DC properties are being mixed with some of the more lesser known ones. So I think it's, it is a good mix of the familiar and introducing some new stuff. But yeah, the big but the one. one yes. Uh, sorry, Tim, before you get to that. Um, you know, I was looking at the list and I saw everybody's comments and everybody's excited. Some people are mad. Tim is on the mad side, as How we know. Dare you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I felt slapped in the face, to be honest with you, Tim. And I, I think you know why. I think all I of, out of all of the TV shows, all of the animated shows, all of the movies that were announced. Yeah, we're going to get a new Superman or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> we're going to get a new Batman. Who cares? There's one singular superhero that they've completely ignored. And which they could build the entire DC EU after. And do you know who that is, though? Can I take a yes? Of it's a character who's been ignored, ignored for far too long. Far too long, Tim. The one, the only, Plastic Man. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> How James Gunn should be fired. Not Joining that really. hashtag, fire James Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't include a, a Plastic Man in his. DCEU soft relaunch, I guess we call it. <laughs> How dare he? You know what? I'm not going to watch any of these movies besides uh, uh, Matt Reeves, Batman. Uh, all these other movies and TV shows and animated shows don't exist in my mind, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can end the conversation right now and move on to the next thing. Because uh, I'm over it. <laughs> well, I feel your pain, Dane, because... Uh... Plastic Man, we've talked about this so much on, like, even the early days of our show, how you were hoping he'd show up in the DCEU when Zack Snyder was first getting things going, and yeah. nothing, yeah. You and know what? now, nothing I've, still. I've had it, Tim. <laughs> Christopher Nolan had a perfect opportunity <laughs> to, <laughs> to introduce Plastic Man into his Dark Knight trilogy. He said no, which was a slap in the face. Zack Snyder had a chance. He said no. And James Gunn said no also to him. So you know what? I am done with these relaunches, with these 
new TV shows, with these new movies, with these new animated shows, with these new media, with these new video games, then I'm done with it. I'm done being a DC fan, and this podcast is ending today. <laughs> <laughs> after we just got back. Yeah, after we just got back, after all this time, it's ending. <laughs> Just, Justice for Plastic Man, a cinematic yeah. debut. <laughs> got to start that hashtag. Oh, man. I'm sorry you were so disappointed because of that, Dane. But, hey, <laughs> this is just a reveal of Chapter 1. Maybe he'll show up in Chapter 2. No, he has, Tim, the entire universe has to be based around Plastic Man. Just like how the entire first phase of the Marvel the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was based around either Iron Man or Captain America, right? So what I'm saying is this is a giant slap in the face to me. But, but maybe they're saving it because so, Guardians of the Galaxy was phase two. We know, all know back how big that was. Maybe they want to save that. Plastic Man is going to be the DC Universe's chapter two's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll make that <laughs> prediction right now. I well, mean, oh. the first chapter, like we said, is called Gods and Monsters. Chapter two is going to be called uh, Rubber and Plastic, where we're going to get <laughs> Plastic Man, Elongated Man, all the stretchy oh. rubber characters are going to be the main focus of chapter two. Or uh, Plastic and Puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that one better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Chapter two of the DCU, Plastic and Puns. Is, we're making our prediction right now. <laughs> Um, the, the, the one movie, or I think it's a movie, I can't remember, but, um, the, the one thing I'm excited about is, uh, Swamp Thing, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because it's a totally different thing, and James Gunn seems to be a real big fan of, uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yeah. So, yeah, w- w- which I love, so, yeah, I, I would be interested in, and what he has to do with uh, Swamp Thing. Did you ever see the TV show? That was no. first the DC Universe no. app. The, yeah. the one that got canceled after like two episodes. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I no, heard it was I, good, like, but I, I never got into it. But I know it had its I heard fans. They, yeah, I heard they leaned heavily into like the romance. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I'm not sure. I. That's not on HBO Max, is it? That's what I was just thinking right now, because obviously most of the other shows that launched on that DC Universe app moved over, but I can't remember Swamp Thing was one of them. Let me look it up real quick. It'd be weird why that one was left off. I mean, it's just one season and that's it, but... Oh, yeah, it is. Moved over. It is on there, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Never <laughs> <mind>. Sorry. <laughs> now, what is this? Hold on. Oh. Hmm. You see, if, if if you type in, go ahead and type in Swamp Thing HBO Max into Google. The first thing should be uh, HBO Max and then watch Swamp Thing HBO. You would think. Yeah, and then you click on it and it says, looks like this link, is, link isn't working. Huh. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I don't know what that is. Not sure, anyway, but... 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should actually open the app and find out if it's on there. But I, I, I don't think it is because I saw like a CBR post that said like, you know, they, they have no plans on, on adding the Swamp Thing show oh. to HBO Max. So. so I guess it's just out in the abyss then. <laughs> Nowhere <laughs> to be watched. That's kind of that so. sucks. Oh, well, you, at least you, it's not the last we'll see of Swamp Thing. <laughs> now he'll be getting yeah. the movie. Have you seen the um, uh, Pennyworth show? I saw it got yeah. added to HBO Max. It did. I haven't yet. Yeah. But it's funny. Like a few weeks ago, my dad mentioned it to me where he stumbled on it by accident. Where, oh, he did? Yeah, because he has my, uh, I gave him my HBO login account too. So he watched stuff somewhere yeah. there. And then I think he was just scrolling and he accidentally hit it. And it was Pennyworth. But he didn't know. He was watching a show related to Batman, Batman so, show. Yeah. <laughs> until he got introduced to Thomas Wayne. He was like, wait a second. <laughs> he started putting the pieces together. And then he saw, you know, that tagline they added to the show's name, the origin of Batman's butler, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> I guess that's what it's there for, for people who aren't too familiar to really know what it is. So, but yeah, I don't know if he's watched anymore, but he said he, he, he stuck out and watched the first episode. He said it was pretty good. He enjoyed it. Is he like a spy in that or something? He's like kind a, of, yeah. SAS soldier. Some, yeah, some type of like secret yeah. agent type. Oh, like a James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, but that just got canceled too. What Pennyworth? Yeah. Uh, I don't know anybody that's watched that show. I know, me neither. But <laughs> I mean, it lasted three seasons though. So. Yeah, so it must have been popular. On uh. Is it on Cinemax? Or? Uh, it was on... No, it was on some other... Stars? Yeah. No, I forget. Hmm. Yeah, it was some network I didn't have to, to watch it originally. Yeah. Before, but. yeah, me neither. Let's see. But it just got moved to HBO Max for its third season, third and final season now. But. Uh, what's the point of... Of watching that show, epics, <laughs> epics, epics. That's sort of, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The fact that like all the TV shows pretty much that are currently going on right now on HBO Max are ending with these seasons, like Doom Patrol's ending, Titans is ending. So pretty much clearing the yeah. way for all these new DC t- TV shows to start this connected universe now. So, but they've had some good runs, four seasons, nothing to sneeze at. I haven't watched the fourth season of Titans yet. I, I'll get to it eventually, probably when it kicks up again. But that third season didn't leave me anxious to start the fourth. But it, uh, Doom Patrol, I want to get back to because those first two seasons were really good. Yeah, I'm reading the um, the the description of uh, or or the Wikipedia entry for Pennyworth, mm-hmm. and and yeah, he's a SAS officer, and this doesn't make sense to me, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Tim. Okay. So it says the series was developed for television and is executive produced by Bola and stars Jack Ben and his Alfred Pennyworth, a young, younger version of the iteration of the character previously uh, portrayed by Sean Pertwee in, in Gotham. With the series serving as a prequel to both Gotham and V for Vendetta. What? <laughs> by Alan Moore. 
Yeah, that's what? gotta be. Well, I mean, they're both set in England, right? Yeah, I, whoever wrote that Wikipedia entry maybe is not too familiar with prequel actually means <laughs> now just because well, i mean like the the, the showrunner said uh danny cannon said that confirmed that pennyworth would serve as a loose prequel to to v for fit okay why? when you say well loose God. why it doesn't <laughs> that's kind of dumb to say that if it's loose then it's not really connected but okay <laughs> <laughs> What is this? <laughs> okay, I I mean I guess I I guess that's a good thing because it got a seventy three. The first season got a seventy three on Rotten Tomatoes. No, the second season got a sixty. Never mind. I don't know. Maybe better watch it now just to see how it connects to V for Vendetta. <laughs> How would you connect it? <laughs> That's what I, I mean, like the, uh, Beef Vendetta is a, a completely different thing. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's a completely different. No, I haven't. Different genre yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of, of thing compared to, uh, Alfred Pennyworth and the Batman universe and yeah. I don't know how you would connect the two. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's a dystopian. Beaver Vendetta's dystopian fiction. It's about a fascist state. H- how, how would you tie that into Pennyworth? Alfred you Pennyworth. Can, you got to watch to find yeah. out now, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll just read the Wikipedia <laughs> article. Yeah, you'll, you'll figure out the connection that way. It's all the same. I like this. Um, so Thomas Wayne and Martha Martha Kane, right? And uh, Bruce's uh, older, future, long lost sister Samantha. Uh, is, so they introduce um, an extended family into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're part of a part of a group that has affiliations with the CIA. That's how they work them in, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so like they meet. That's how they meet, I guess. Apparently so. I guess. I mean, that's all fine and dandy to have you know the introduction to Alfred and Thomas Wayne to meet that way. I just wonder if the show kind of went down the Gotham route where it started shoehorn all these Batman villains who shouldn't be there yet, or Batman characters who shouldn't be there yet. If it was able to stay yeah. away from that, I will. I will give it props just <laughs> to kind of being. I'm holding back and not feeling the need to do that when other shows like Gotham felt they had to and just introduced everything so soon. But if it was able to restrain itself, I think that's a good thing. Okay. I I kind of see why it's based loosely on V for Vendetta. So they, they, they sort of took the um, the alternate history of V for Vendetta and added it to Pennyworth. Mm, okay. You know, so like there's a so like, there's a fascist state, and Alfred has to like fight this um, Raven Society thing that's that's tied to the state. And okay, I guess Thomas and Martha, and his uh, Bruce's sister Samantha, 
is affiliated with the CIA to help Alfred. I think that's it. And how old is his sister in this? Uh, Let's say. Doesn't say. Samantha Lee, the young daughter of Thomas and Martha. Well, she needs a nanny, so I'm guessing you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I think this is a little too much for me, but I'll, I've been wrong before, Tim. So <laughs> I'll let you take the dive first on that one. That might be a while, if I'm being honest. <laughs> But glad it's that it found some success though. Three seasons, like I said, that's a pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you like the combination of V for Vendetta and Batman. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, but so, but unfortunately, Tiny Worth is not part of the DC universe going forward. But oh man, it sounded like <laughs> such a fun show. Then. But to take its place is the the one I'm most excited for, obviously, but. Will it happen? That's the question. <laughs> Again, just that little trepidation I have because it's been such a long road. Lanterns, the Green Lantern TV show. I mean, been waiting for a Green Lantern core movie and other stuff announced at the movie. Then we got the TV show announcement about how it's going to take place over several eras, focus on different lanterns. Then it got refocused into a show about Jon Stewart. But now this is the Lanterns TV show we're going to get. Um, a TV show focused that's going to focus on both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, which I think is awesome. And it's kind of being compared to like a true detective type TV series, which I'm like, cool. The first and third season of True Detective were awesome. And if we can kind of get like the space cop show of that with Hal and Jon Stewart, sign me up. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And James again, Madison, uh, again, it's a weird combination. So you're taking Green Lantern. And you're taking the yellow cane, <laughs> and you're you're combining. <laughs> but it's like, uh, but again, it does make sense. Yeah. I mean, you got two cops working together, different personalities, and it's that they're going to investigate a mystery that's going to kind of have bigger effects along the the greater DC universe. So it's probably like whatever maybe the main threat or main focus is going to be on this first chapter is going to start or be revealed here in Lanterns. But okay, here's here's the thing. They say it is going to be more of a grounded Earth-based Green Lantern story. So, yeah, it's going to yeah, be the like... whole point of the Green Lanterns is that it's it's a it takes place place in space. They're essentially space cops. So the, yes. I guess the true detective thing kind of works out exactly. Um, and obviously, it can be yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish it. No, B. Like they have, it's not just John Stewart, or it's not just Kyle Rayner, or Hal Jordan. It's all these other lanterns from all these different other worlds. That's the whole point of Green Lantern, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Okay, okay. This, I mean, okay. Here's what I'm hoping for. This first story to introduce John Stewart and Hal Jordan. I mean, right. They've had instances and in cases where they have to be on Earth to take care of a threat or solve a, a crime or a mystery, something like that. So this is what this is going to be. I think it's going to get, it's going to start small on earth, like kind of a police detective story. But once they 
uncover the mystery of whatever they're investigating, it's going to lead to probably more of that space and other galaxy type scenarios or where they have to inform the greater Green Lantern Court. So here's the thing. I'm hoping, because I've got to say, I was as excited as I am to finally get a Green Lantern show. I was a little disappointed when I heard, oh, Earth-based, more domesticated version, where it's going to be on Earth. Okay. I was hoping for that sci-fi element, because obviously that's a big part of what makes Green Lantern so great. But if this is just a kicking off point where let's just introduce these characters here with this Earth-based story, but then they move on because they have said, you know, these characters are going to show up in other DC stories and movies and stuff. Um, If this is just kind of the launching point for it, and then we do move on into the greater scale sci-fi aspect of the Green Lantern Corps, then yeah, I'm hoping that's the direction this goes, and I'll be really excited about that. So, But if it's something where this whole series is just going to be based on Earth for like seasons two, three, and four, that would be a little disappointing because then you're kind of not taking advantage of what makes the Green Lantern Corps so great and so special and so massive. You're kind of almost doing the same thing what the movie did, being afraid to embrace its grand space opera feel to it. So as long as we eventually get there, I'm all for that. And this is where you want to start on Earth. That's cool. So hopefully it does lead to that. But I I just want to see more Green Lantern in live action again. I mean, I've said that before. I've been saying it almost for the entire lifespan of this podcast as we enter year 11. And we still haven't gotten anything <laughs> since the 2011 movie. Yeah. So if this is just the first step into that, yeah. I'm, and I'm glad they're using both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Uh, they're both. I mean, they're not everybody's favorite Green Lanterns, but I think they're the most recognizable, iconic Green Lanterns. And the fact that you're introducing both of them to be part of this big DC universe. Yeah, I'm all for that because I just want the Green Lanterns to be a big part of this universe. And if it's just going to start off on a TV show based on Earth first, that's fine. They're just they're a part of this universe. And that's what I'm happy about. And to see them in action as Green Lanterns, I cannot wait for as long as they don't skip out on the constructs. I mean, let's not just have them shoot laser beams out of his rings. I want them to go crazy with constructs. So that's the whole fun of Green Lantern. So that's what I'm hoping for too. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm I'll more s- excited than not, but cause I just, the potential is all there. I mean, if they're going to start off small and go big, that's totally fine with me. I'm just glad that we're, we're getting some Green Lantern stories as part of this first chapter of the DC universe. Yeah. I was going to, uh, I was going to make the point where it's, you know, um, oh, I was going to say, you know, season one should just start off on a story. It shouldn't be a, introducing the characters to you. Like, okay, here's Jon Stewart. Here's your main character. We're off on the story. Instead of like, you know, slowly introducing the, uh, introducing the character to people. But, um, yeah, for, for you Green Lantern fans, yeah. Uh, a show would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something. A show. But, um, but I don't think this show is happening. Uh, don't say that, Dave, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's happening. So, I mean, how many Green Lantern projects have we heard about? Uh, so Too too many, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wasn't there supposed to be a TV show and a movie? I think at Zach's one point. One? I think at one point yeah. there was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, that that got whittled down to just a movie, and then that got whittled down to just a nothing. So uh, yeah, we're, we're still I, supposed to get that movie in twenty twenty or the twenty twenty one. I don't know. That was that was the last on that initial slate of releases, but here we are. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I was giving a whole point, but yeah, you're right, Tim. Uh, I feel for you and your brother. Yeah. Um, 
I just say don't hold your breath because I don't want you to turn blue. <laughs> or green in this case. Or green, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was just glad to hear James was gonna say the word lanterns in that video. I was like, yes, they're not being ignored this time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the slate for chapter one of this new DC universe. Um, again, it's just great to have some information. They're not keeping it hush hush and have some passion behind these ideas and projects where it's coming out of a place of love for these characters and the comic book medium. And that's another cool thing is how in that video, the focus was a lot on the comic stories that these projects are being inspired from. They didn't show like the um, project logo or an actors or anything like that. They showed the comic book art from the stories that is inspiring these uh, projects they want to do. And I thought that was really cool. Just really showing, um, the inspiration that come where these comic book movies come from comic books so the fact that a big focus was on that i thought was really cool so there's definitely a lot to be excited for i'm hopeful that this is finally it where we get a steady dc universe moving forward um with james gunn in, and peter saffron in charge and that they're able to see their plan to fruition regardless of um, how it goes in the reception, just hopefully, at least for this first chapter, they're able to see their vision through. And hopefully it is successful and all these projects do work and we get to see their entire DC Universe 10-year plan uh, fulfilled. But we're on the right track. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next. Shouldn't be too long. I mean, the only one was a, I believe, a confirmed release date is Superman Legacy, which is the July 2025. So just a couple of years away as that project. And I'm sure other ones that we get going as well. So um, we're into a new era. As he said, we got some movies coming out this year to kind of end the old DCEU Snyderverse era and uh, bring along and usher in the new one, which Flashpoint is going to do. Or I keep calling it a Flashpoint, but I think it is just called a Flash, <laughs> even though it's telling the Flashpoint story, which we will be getting a trailer tomorrow for it uh, as we're recording this episode for Super Bowl Sunday. And they did put out a poster yesterday, which is really cool. It's just a, a shot of Flash in the Batcave. And you got the Batman silhouette logo above him. It just—it's a really cool-looking design <laughs> poster. Uh, one of the coolest ones I've seen for a comic book movie. So, um, that's again another movie we didn't think we we're gonna get. We still haven't gotten it yet, but <laughs> we're getting closer as we've ever been now. That we're actually getting a trailer and a poster. So, uh, we'll see if it finally happens in June. But um, exciting times yeah. for sure, as this new era is about to begin. Yeah, for me, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll keep it short uh we'll see we'll see mm -hmm. um i know that a lot of these things you know got announced and stuff but just expect that to be whittled down to uh the batman 2 the joker and random three movies and two animated shows that's what i'd say <laughs> Yeah. Preparing for the worst, hoping for the best is kind of, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How are you viewing it right yeah, now? Yeah. So uh, it's February 11th, 2023, right now, as we record this. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And yeah, I can't really blame anyone for having more of a pessimistic attitude toward it because of everything we've been through <laughs> the last decade for DC movies. So, yeah. But again, the signs of positivity are there for a good uh, future. So let's just hope it all pans out. Yeah. But regardless of 
the new DC front that's we're looking forward to coming up in the next few years. Uh, 2023 has been kicked off with some pretty great TV shows, I would say, Dave. <laughs> one animated and one live action as yeah, uh, kicked off. One's anyway. not so good. One's not so good, Tim. Uh-oh. The live action one isn't too good. Uh, I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, the the Bad Batch. Um, I'm not totally caught up yet. But, okay. Um, I got to be careful with. Yeah, uh, I I've seen the the pod racing story. Pod racing story. The what episode am I on? I'm trying to remember, Tim. Because the one after the. The one after the, one the pod the racing one, even though it's called Riot Racing, <laughs> um, yeah. is the one where they're going like that treasure hunt. It was kind of like that Indiana Jones style type story. Yeah, not that one. Okay. Uh, then after the that was one. yeah, the, the Wookiee one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm on that one. I just okay. finished that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, um, in a tough spot right now um, with the Schiller episodes, uh, but I really, 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 really Tim. I'm sure you loved it more, and I'm sure you know what I'm saying. Oh, yes. I really, really love that Commander Cody episode. Oh, that that's an all-timer, yes. <laughs> oh, man, it was near perfect. At the beginning of the episode, I was wondering why, like, like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we going, you know, three episodes in? Uh, why are we going to tell Commander Cody's story, but um yeah they totally changed my mind on that and i'm so glad that he got away from the, yes. from the empire <laughs> and he's out there somewhere doing whatever because he he's the one that i was always concerned about <laughs> you know it's like you see rex and rex you know got away but he, you see commander cody and there hasn't really been anything with him right nope yeah so like us he was the one that i was really worried about but so glad to see he got away. And yeah, what a great episode. Yeah, I mean, that was a big question. Like, what happened to Commander Cody after Order 66? Did he fully embrace the Empire's ways and become a loyal soldier? But I'm glad to see it wasn't. I mean, he was for a little bit and kind of believed what the Empire was trying to do, thinking more so that there was still the Republic, but obviously he was shown wrong or otherwise at the end of this episode and how Crosshair just can't see that that way. That's the other captivating thing about the series crosshair story just that loyalty showing to the empire is, is being treated like nothing for, by them it's like, but he's still being, i mean he's, yeah. tre- he's been treated like a slave which he really is because he's a he's a clone and he um he he just like i don't i don't understand what the disconnect is you know between the um his idea of who he is and like the, the reality of the empire where he doesn't really have a spot there like yeah. where is his spot as well as all the all of the other clones that that's that have stayed right like where in their mind do they think their their mm-hmm. um their places in all of this besides just killing machines that are just sent out to die right so i don't know that's well, interesting. That's an interesting story. Yes. The episodes you haven't seen yet, they released two episodes this week. 
and they are on par almost with that Commander Cody episode. Maybe not quite as good, but maybe like a tick under, but it's some of the best episodes of the series. It's they're great. <laughs> and not because it's okay. like some not not a whole lot of action. There's a little bit, but the story that unfolds over the course of it, having to deal with the clones and their place in the galaxy now is just fascinating to see unfold. There were there were two great episodes. So definitely check those ones out as soon as you can. <laughs> Um, and Disney would never do this, but why don't they just make that the story of the Clone Wars? I mean, I mean, sorry, not the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, why don't they just do that and minimize the amount of episodes? You know, just make eight episodes. Mm. Well, I think they want to have that balance. They still want to have that fun adventure show right. for the yeah. more younger audience too. But at the same time, keep those of us with the Clone Wars still invested with these other more. Uh, serious stories that are happening in at this time period in the galaxy of the clones too so i i yeah. think this season has been it's a been a nice balance of both i do think the, the first season was a little more consistent in telling a more uh cohesive story throughout the first season but at the same time i don't blame the second one for being more of an episode of the week type style because sometimes it's refreshing to have that for a tv series where you're just enjoying a fun adventure every week and then every so often a big like galaxy changing story comes um, in the middle or at the beginning. So I don't mind it because I don't think every show has to be that way. Um, I said this before was Batman, the animated series ever serialized storytelling. No. <laughs> was there like a cohesive thorough line story throughout the course of a season? No, it was just an episode of the week. And we all know that's the greatest animated show of all time. So <laughs> you can't tell stories like that or have a series like that where it's just one and done. And I don't necessarily think, that's a bad thing. But when you get the episodes like the Crosshair and Cody one and the last two we got, they're definitely are on another level because, like I said, they're kind of galaxies changing <laughs> events that take place um, in this last one. So the ending for this last episode that we got, man, it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I won't say anymore, but it, it was pretty darn cool. Cool and sad at the same time. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, no. Can, can you... Again, I don't think Disney would ever do this, but uh, does it have to do with Echo? It does, and yeah, something that's else. That's what I thought. Echo and something else. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of feel like out of all of the Bad Batch, right, Echo is the one that kind of gets forgotten about. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, like Hunter, he's leader. Wrecker, he's just a big guy. Tech has his lines because they need technical help on, the, on the these missions. Ones, yeah. <laughs> uh, Crosshair is doing his thing. And then, you know, that just leaves Echo. And he doesn't really have a place there. So that, that's the one that really sticks out to me. Mm -hmm. But. Well, you'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, you're going to love these next two, for sure. Okay. So, yeah, Bad Batch has been been great to watch at the beginning of this year. But um, I guess, for me, this is kind of the surprise series, but maybe not for you, Dane. But <laughs> uh, The Last of Us TV series, <laughs> the big TV show of 2023 to kick it off. Um, we're five episodes in now as yeah. we had one air friday <laughs> as a recording this episode which is nice i wish 
more series would go back to that Friday release. It's nice to start the weekend off with watching a great TV show. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, but yeah, so obviously I'm someone who hasn't played the games. Dane, you are someone who has played the games watching this series. So we're kind of getting the yeah. different perspective on that, which is great. So um, I'll let you start with this one. Your overall thoughts on the series. Uh, I'm I'm actually really interested to hear what you say, Tim, because I can't believe you like this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like you texted me something and I was like, I, I, I can't believe Tim is watching a post-apocalyptic zombie oh, yeah. show. <laughs> you know, it, it, it totally blew my, that blew my mind. I was like, wow. Okay. So the last of us really has something going for it. If it's pulling you in. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I've said it before. I'm not a big fan of zombie stories or post-apocalyptic stuff because I think there's too many of them and how much different can they be? But obviously I've heard great things about the game, mainly about uh, its story and its characters. And I still eventually want to play it. And after watching the series, I'll probably be playing it sooner rather than later. But I was like, okay, I've heard great things about the game and its story, but doing a TV show, it's on HBO max. So, you know, it's going to have good production value. It's going to be good quality. And I kind of heard, once I heard they were going to be adapting the first game and they're going to be following it pretty closely for the most part. Okay. I went, okay, this will be the way I experience the story that I've heard great things about. I'll do it from the TV front. And there was that part of me was like, okay, let's see how different it is. It's going to be from other post-apocalyptic zombie stuff. And there are still similar traits that all those stories have, I guess. But I mean, it just comes down to the characters. And if you're invested in it in the character, in your main characters, and I was in the first episode and then it's just getting better. I think, over the course of these next fives, I mean, uh, the relationship that's being built between Joel and Ellie is I'm really getting invested in. Of course, the actors are great in their roles, um, playing them and just the chemistry that both of them have has been great to see over the course of that episode. And yeah, just the, the kind of the world building it did in that first episode, I thought was really done showing uh, how things were and how just out of the blue it came, <laughs> the whole uh infected i forget the term they call like infected day or something like that but um it is where everything just went downhill so quickly and so fast um and here's the one thing i will say and i guess this is something i'll regret dane because i think it was when you were reviewing the second game and you were Mm. telling me about it and had to tell me events in the first one i was like yeah just tell me but i don't know when i'm gonna play it maybe i'll forget it by then (laughs) but There are some big story details that I do know that happened, like the beginning with Joel's daughter and the tragic outcome of that. I knew she died in the beginning, but I didn't know how it happened. So it was a little bit of surprise uh, of seeing exactly how she did die and just how tragic yeah. it was because it wasn't by any of the infected. It was supposed to it was just by a soldier who they were, you would think would there would be there to help, but gave the order to shoot him, which was you know awful to see. But yeah, uh, again. There's also big story moments I know coming up in the season that's going to happen that I'm aware of. <laughs> so, um, like what, Tim? Like what? Well, you know. yeah. okay, I guess I'll throw out the spoiler warning here for anyone who doesn't yeah. want to know. But uh, I remember you telling me it's where I guess when Joel gets Ellie to the location where she's supposed to go, and yeah. I guess in order to get the extractor blood and get the cure, she has to die, and the, oh, Joel yeah. ends up killing the doctors, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's I imagine that's going to happen at the end of this, towards the end of this first season. <laughs> so is it, it, is that it, or do you have more? I believe that's it. Of course, once we get to number okay. two, what happens there? <laughs> in that yeah, game. yeah. 
But for, as far as the yeah. first game, that's the, I think the only big thing that I remember you telling me about. Okay, so there's a lot more of that. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, that uh, happens. Um, expect a. I, I haven't seen the the um, you know the thing that the trailer trailer that they put it in. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, but for next week's it, then you're talking about right. Yeah, and this right. isn't a spoiler, but is there a uh a shift in seasons yes there is okay okay it's a lot colder in next week's episode (laughs) yeah yeah that's it okay so i know where we are then yeah there's gonna be a big moment coming up yeah okay yeah that's all i'll say okay cool but no yeah i've been really digging the the journey that these characters are taking And and a lot of it is the performances too and how it's played out and this last episode episode five was <laughs> fantastic it was fantastic yeah. and both it was emotionally draining by the time we get to the end mm. it really sucked <laughs> but okay can i tell you tim yeah when that happened in the game and we both know what we're you're talking about which is um sam getting infected and then henry killing sam and then killing himself that that's one of the i mean that that moment has stuck out with me because it comes out of nowhere and that's that's one of the um the (laughs) that's one of the only moments i've ever yelled at my tv (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was essentially what what um joel said it was like henry no (laughs) like oh my god ah yeah that that that's one thing that's really stuck with me and Sarah dying in the beginning of like that first episode is essentially the cold open to the game. Mm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the Henry and Sam thing in the apartment was, uh, it, it like, just emotionally devastated. I knew something because yeah, I knew something do, bad was going to happen, yeah. but I was like, the way it went down, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, because what they did in the game is, um, so Henry kills Sam, and then it's essentially that whole scene is beat for beat what happened in the game. Um, Even like the noise that Henry is making when he realizes what he's done, Mm, you know, he's shaking, Uh and he kills himself. And then instead of showing, you know, Henry killing himself, the, the camera focuses on on joel and just his reaction like if, if, if there's any you know a, a claim to any sort of animator in any video game it should be on that one scene because it focuses on joel and just his facial expressions and then after that it just cuts straight to winter straight to this next episode like there's oh, there's mm-hmm. nothing yeah oh, wow. they, that that whole scene where they're burying you know henry and sam and you know Ellie says something and they walk, they both walk off. That doesn't happen. They just end up in it just cuts to winter. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> that was one of the scenes that I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see this again. It was so traumatic the first time. <laughs> uh, but but they, they they did an amazing job with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the entire episode of just because I, like I said, you knew something bad was going to happen to those two characters because yeah. especially when they're talking yeah. about kind of them like joining up and going to uh, Wyoming together. Yeah, it was like, but 
don't see them any other parts of the trailers or any other footage. Like I don't remember seeing those Henry and Sam as part of the big focus of the game, so I kind of doubt they're not going to make it out of this. So I thought they're going to die or something was going to happen to them in the big action set piece where the infected come or that resistance comes in, like they would die in that battle, which was an awesome battle sequence, action sequence that played out there. But then when you found out that Sam was infected, it was like, oh no, this is how it's going to go. But still didn't know how it was going to go down. The fact that Henry had to be the one to shoot him after spending all this time and doing the horrible thing to save him. And he ends up killing him anyways. And he's just so tragic and heartbreaking to see play out. Again, it all comes back to the performances that we get from the actors throughout the course of the episodes and establishing that relationship they had in just this one episode. It was just so well done. And the other thing I learned too is how for the TV show they made a, uh, Sam be deaf in this, which just adds more to uh, yeah. this tragic story. So when I, when I saw like the behind the scene feature that I'm talking about, I was like, oh man, that was a change that they did, but one that worked for the better and just <laughs> pulling on your heartstrings more that they had that terrible outcome at the end of it. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's it's just one of those things. That's like I don't want to see it again. Like th- there's a reason why I haven't played The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two again. Mm. It's is things like this, you know, and Sarah, <laughs> and um, yeah, j- just these these moments, like like with Tess. Uh, it it was a little different in the game with Tess. Um, the, there wasn't that weird zombie kiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, just, just seeing these things again, it's like, oh, I don't want to see, I don't want to watch this. And, um, but I do. And, you know, the thing is, is like, it, it's, it's so amazing how well they got the game. You know, like, like I was talking about the Henry and Sam thing where it's, it's beat for beat. The only difference I think I, if I'm remembering correctly, is that Joel and Henry are sort of sort of just hanging around and they're talking about motorcycles. Okay. Uh, I, th- I, I think that's the only difference. The only, yeah, the only difference, and everything else is beat for beat from the game. Um. But yeah. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. I was, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear your take as well because again, going from someone who's played the game perspective, it's like. How how have you been with any of because I know there've been some changes but for the most part they've been pretty faithful to the overall game story. How how have you been with like some of the changes they made to it? At least from the few that I've seen online yeah. and reactions, a lot of people seem to be happy about the changes that they've been for the better so far. Yeah. Uh, for me, I absolutely love it. It's the best part of this show. Um, we don't know where the in, in the games, we don't know where the cordyceps uh, infection comes from mm-hmm. or what happens or anything at all. Um, so it's great to get that background on it where, you know, it, it started in Indonesia and then um, something like with flour, it, you know, it got into flour, something like everyday use, yeah. basic ingredient sort of thing that, that got shipped across the entire world. And infected people like like there's none of that there's none of that um i really really liked the first i want to say two episodes right uh with the cold opens yeah mm. they did an excellent job with that where like the first one was like these 
this talk show and they're talking about like, you like know, from the oh, 60s or you know, something viruses. <laughs> yeah like a dick cavett-esque show and like they're talking about like oh yeah you know viruses you know are really really bad and, you know this and that and the other thing and the the, the the i think they're called mycologists um doc i mean uh people that scientists that study fungus uh-huh. and the guy's like no the, you know your real threat is fungus because there's no cure for it there's no vaccine there's nothing you can do about it it, it will wipe out, you know, everybody. So like, I, I totally love that. And with the doctor in Indonesia and, you know, she's taken by these government soldiers and stuff and they're uh, taken to a lab and she's doing, she, she sees the first victim or whatever. And she does her autopsy and when she cuts open the leg and you see the infection underneath the skin. Uh. I, I really like that. And, you know, pulling that thing out of the that that victim's mouth yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I I love that, and you, you know, just j- just like these little things, and the the big thing, the big difference so far that we've had, and I'm sure you've read this, Tim, is Bill and Frank. That mm, Bill and yeah. Frank episode. That's got to be one of the best episodes of television I've seen since. Watch me. Uh, I think the episode is uh, this extraordinary being. Yeah. Remember the yeah, one that just, yeah. I think that's. I think the Bill and Frank episode is is one of the best um, episodes of television I've seen in a while. So uh, yeah, because like like Bill is just like a paranoid guy that you run into. He helps you out. Um, Frank. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frank was with Bill, and then Frank leaves, and then um, you find him after he's killed himself, because he he tried to leave because of I don't know if you remember in the episode Tim where uh, they, they cut and then Bill Bill and Frank are arguing about like painting houses or like something. Yeah, uh, he like yeah, runs out of the house like yeah. Yeah, because Bill can't get past his paranoid, you know, delusions that. You know, he, he can't bring down that guard and just be in love with Frank. So Frank leaves and then he gets cornered by um, infected or clickers and he gets bitten and he decides to kill himself. And then he, that's all you see of it. Oh, dang. yeah. Because there, like, there, I thought no, I read like you don't even see him in the game. You just like referenced or or am I wrong? Uh, you see his body. See okay. His body. Yeah. And then um, you pick up a note from him and it just says like i'm leaving you because you can't get past this stuff and you can't be in a relationship i i can't be in a relationship with somebody that's like this so i'm gonna leave so your whole goal of of that part of the game is to get the truck battery um which uh, again sort of brings me into like 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 how well they switched up certain story aspects like we start off with Joel, like he's trying to get the car battery to get to Tommy in uh, the, the Boston um, zone, right? So in the game, that's um, – so Tess and uh, Joel are part of like a arms deal. Like they're, they're dealing guns and stuff, and their shipment got stolen. That's how they meet Marlene and then oh, okay. um, Ellie. Yeah, so just how – how well they 
sort of like switch things up and then like in the game you, you need the truck battery from frank um to get to tommy so like just the little things like that like how they they switch things up like henry and sam um is pretty much the story of frank where he they were with the group but then he they're the only survivors and that's how you meet them in the game um and again in uh this whole last episode in missouri takes place in pennsylvania instead mm-hmm. and there's so yeah i remember the mention that in what behind the scene videos they change locations i believe yeah yeah there's no kathleen or anything yeah uh, that big monster that you see come, uh, uh-huh. come out of the ground um is a boss that you fight later on in the game okay <laughs> after you um after after they make it to tommy and yeah they, something happens and then yeah, something else happens, <laughs> and they—that's actually a big boss in the game. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, j- just how well they sort of switch things around. They've really expanded, um, you know, like just these minor roles, like Bill and Frank or Henry and Sam. You know, like you—you you know nothing about what Henry did, where Hen- where Henry and Sam are from. Uh, Sam in the game is isn't deaf; he's autistic, I think. Um, and yeah, j- j- just how they give these little, these little characters, such a big, wealthy backstory, um, is amazing because it's, it, it, it just makes the, it, it just makes the game that much better. Like just to know that, I mean, sure. I know it's two se- separate continuities or whatever, but I'm telling you, like. The, the television show is starting to become my preferred continuity. Right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> because the, just the storytelling is so much better. It, it's it it takes time to just sit and you know like we can have a we can have an entire episode of like a love story that spans twenty years. You know, instead of like okay, so Frank's dead and Bill is sad, but he's not gonna show. He's not going to show it to Joel, right? And, like, we're gone after that. That's it. That's all we see of Bill. Because that's essentially all we see of Bill in the entire, in both games, right? Um, so, j- just the, how they, they just sit with the characters and they give these characters such a complicated background. You know, like, like with Tess, you, you don't know, you don't know anything about where she comes from. Uh, where she's been, how Joel and her got together. We just know that it's sort of like a business relationship that uh, has some romantic feelings to it, or at least they care about each other. Um, but yeah, like how they expanded it on the show where Tess had a family and, you know, her son got infected and then her husband got infected and she killed her husband and she couldn't bring herself to kill her kid, her, her son right so just so so just little things like that is so amazing and i do have to say i was dead wrong about the show uh i was really dead wrong uh you didn't have much i thought expectations going into it because we never really talked about it going into it (laughs) yeah i mean especially it's the curse of the video game movie right yeah we're all awful we're all awful i i would just think the fact that it's 
being produced on HBO and knowing their track record for great shows and who's involved with like giving you a little that. more optimism than the normal <laughs> TV video game adaption. It was that. It was the fact that Neil Druckmann was going to be involved. Yeah. Him. And then Craig Mason. Because mm-hmm. I really loved his television show, Chernobyl. You know, and then I was thinking like how well he told a story the story of Chernobyl in five episodes, you know, this big, large international problem. Um, you know, there's a lot of science involved and how simple he made it and how well of a narrative he put together. And then I was thinking about like, okay, so he's doing the last of us and then they're going to do last of us part two. I mean, it wasn't announced, but, um, so, so like, yeah, I, I, I guess the show is going to be good because, you know, he, he, Craig Mason really puts it, takes like this large, complicated story and makes it simple enough for people to understand it and makes you care about the characters. And, you know, I, I was wrong about this, Tim. I thought this was going to be awful. And, you know, like with a game like The Last of Us, where you have such a personal connection with, <laughs> with, with the characters, all of the characters, it's, it's so great to, to see how well they casted it you know, with, with Pedro Pascal, to, to be honest, I didn't see him as Joel. Like, really, I, I was like, oh, but I don't know if he can do it, but wow, like, he really, he really nails it. The one person who really, really nails it is Liana Mormon herself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bella <Rams>. A little bear. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe how well she nails Ellie. If you play The Last of Us, the game, and you watch what she's doing, it's like beat for beat what Ellie is in the game, and she adds stuff onto it as well. I I can't yeah, believe so. how well she yeah I can't believe how well she how good of a job she's she's done so far. I I really 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 love her um, performance as Ellie and. To me, she she's the best character in the in the TV show so far. Yeah. Well, well, glad to hear that it's well. I was gonna say living up to expectations, but you didn't have the highest going into it. But <laughs> the fact that it yeah. is working out to where how you would hope a video game adaptation would be. Because I said this after the first episode, like all the positive reaction I'm seeing towards it from fans of the game is what I wish was hoping for for the halo tv series but that was the exact opposite <laughs> which is exactly a bummer. <laughs> again dead dead uh video game movie curse that's the problem yeah you know like you just can't get it out of your head because there's so many there's been so many bad ones not to mention that uncharted one. Oh my god oh, yeah. i haven't seen that I, I know it's on netflix i eventually want to check it out but <laughs> did you yeah, see it I, I, yeah i caught it on netflix yeah. and, I mean, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but yeah, he was miscast as Nathan Drake. There's no way around that. Yeah. So Tom P- Peter Park, his Peter Parker doesn't really fit into Nathan Drake. No. And, and Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But it's so amazing to see The Last of Us work so well and be so like you know, 
so loved where people that have never even heard of the game love it, you know? People that yeah. never have heard of the game but haven't played the game love it as well. Um, and again, for me, somebody who's who loves the games, it's it's so great to get like the, these background stories. That that's you know really one of the uh, one of the the best points of, of of the TV show is getting like these these characters fleshed out, um, especially Sarah, right? Because all we know is Sarah is Joe's daughter, and then like I said, the the entire first episode with Sarah the Sarah part before they jump 20 years is essentially the cold open to the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- there's no, like, she's going to get Joel's watch fixed. Um, she's, she's gonna, you know, sort of, uh, take care of her next door neighbor. Uh, there's none of that. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's just that first scene where, uh, we, we see, um, Joel and Ellie, uh, Sarah together sitting on the couch watching the movie and she gives them the watch. That's, that's pretty much it. So yeah, gotcha. j- just getting these, just getting these characters fleshed out is, is so amazing to see. And the introduction of the, uh, of the new characters, which is so far only, uh, I gotta think about this. Yeah. So far it's only the three people on the television. The, the Indonesian doctor and Kathleen. So yeah, j- just seeing these new characters and yeah, it's I I, I can't say enough about it, Tim. To be honest, <laughs> that's because that's what you want to hope for for something that's being adapted. Is like you want to see whatever it is, book, video game, comic book, adapted it like into live action or a movie or TV show them do the big moments right and tell the stick to the story, but expand on it where it could be and needs to without drastically changing things, the things you already love about it. And from what you're saying and from I'm seeing from other people play it, that's exactly what the last of us is doing. Having those big moments you expect to see in the game adapted well, but then throwing in and adding some new wrinkles to the story and characters that just make it even better. And that's great that it's doing it. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be the opposite for me because yeah, I'm getting the itch to want to play the game now. <laughs> so <laughs> if anything, I wonder if the show's gonna ruin it a little bit for me, where it's like certain things that happen, I'm going, oh man, the show did that a lot better. <laughs> if you but, if you have the PlayStation Plus, I believe it's in the in the free game catalog, the PS4 yeah, well, version. Well, here's yeah. the thing though, they just released what The Last of Us Part One, which is like yeah. the PS5 remaster or like yeah. build of it. Like that's the one I want to play now because obviously I want to play it the best way it could look with the new graphics and everything. But I think that's still like seventy bucks or whatnot. So I'm gonna wait for a little bit to go down because that's the one I want to play. Uh, the PS5 one. Yeah. Yeah. I to be honest, The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two or Part One and Part Two is just games that I don't really want to revisit. <laughs> I mean, I love them. I love yeah. I love the story and everything. I just can't go back to it. Yeah. For some reason. It's not because well, the game is bad. It's not because, you know, I don't want to you know, go through the game again. It's 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 too traumatic yeah. to be honest. <laughs> and not only the story, but like you know when Joe was in the watchtower in his last episode 
and yeah, he's, the sniper. he's trying to protect <laughs> yeah he's trying to protect Ellie and Henry and Sam. That was single-handedly one of the hardest parts of that first part. Really? <laughs> yeah, of the game. And I, I just remember, yeah. I was just going to say, it's so cool it's like, yeah, that's a, a gameplay level, and you're seeing it play out in yeah. the TV show medium, and yeah, it's like having the same effect of how it should be. Because I, yeah, sometimes also, I watch... Like the, I think I, it's IGN that has it where like they do a comparison of how it was in the video game and the TV show. And when I yeah. watched that video, it's like, oh, so that was actually so, like a gameplay moment <laughs> scenario where you yeah. had to be on that uh, tower with the sniper rifle, which is cool. Same thing with, um, you know, when they're in that, that Boston Museum and uh-huh. uh, they're trying to sneak around. Yeah, that that one gave me uh, flashbacks because <laughs> that's in the that's in that's the gameplay part of the television series um yeah and and i believe that's the first time that you uh you uh there's no tutorial you're just sneaking around with with uh trying to get around all of the infected yeah (laughs) so that one gave me flashbacks too (laughs) (laughs) not good ones though (laughs) yeah so well yeah well yeah it's definitely i mean my video game planes. I only got a little open space right now, but it's going to be booked for the foreseeable future. Once Jedi Fall or Jedi Survivor comes out in April, and then just two weeks after that is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and then just a month after that's Final Fantasy 16. And you know how long it already takes me to beat video games. So <laughs> this I might have a sm- small window to play before April. <laughs> so that's the cutoff point I have for that before that long stretch of game comes out. But maybe I can squeeze it in there. Why don't you just play multiple games, Tim? Uh, I just don't like doing that. <laughs> Not enough time to do it, but, and then I just like going back and forth, unless it's like a casual type game where I can just throw in and play for a little bit. Well, Because I played that game, just re- the the surprise release of the game, Hi-Fi Rush for the Xbox. That game was super fun. That was like a really nice surprise to get. But then the GoldenEye remaster came out, so I was going back and forth between those two particularly when I was sick, because with GoldenEye, I played a million times before in the N64, so it's not like, and not a super long experience either, so I was going back and forth between that and Hi-Fi Rush, but... What was that GoldenEye remake? It was surprisingly good. The controls mm. felt really good. They did. I heard that not the Switch version. <laughs> the Switch controls are really messed up, but on Xbox, it plays yeah. like you, a modern first-person shooter would, which was good. And it's not a full-blown uh, remake or where it's like it's new graphic models and a graphics engine. They just upscaled the existing graphics to HD, but it looks clean. It looks good. It's kind of the perfect way to revisit that nostalgia and just have it look cleaner and feel more modern in its controls. So I, I, it was a blast revisiting it. It felt really, really good. I see. The only downside is you can't play online on the Xbox. It's only online on the Switch. Oh, I see. I don't know. I was, I was uh, hesitant on that one. Uh, if you still got Game Pass, yeah, might as well get it. <laughs> yeah. Also, that Hi-Fi Rush, that game was just super fun. It's like so funny too. Really? It was like, yeah, <laughs> the art style of it's great. It's like you're watching an anime, but the characters are really funny and great too. It's just like a refreshing gaming experience. That yeah, I was gonna we say we don't get too much of the, nowadays. That's not the vampire one, is it? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. I. 
you can't do zombies. I can't do vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not too keen on vampires either. I think that's been played to death as well. So <laughs> you're not alone on that. Yeah. But yeah, well, that's what we've been up to as far as our entertainment viewing and playing <laughs> game playing since uh, 2023 kicked off. Um, I don't know, but you've been playing anything recently, Dane? No, not really. Uh, there hasn't really been any games that I've been interested in. Uh, I know that Harry Potter one came out, but I'm not too interested on that. So. Yeah. Hmm. I was thinking about getting Forspoken, but uh, the, the, the reviews haven't been too good for that yeah, one. Yeah, same thing with that one. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for some try, do you still have Game Pass on Xbox, or did you unsubscribe for that? Yeah, I still have it. Yeah. Try try that Hi-Fi Rush. Let me know you, because it's a rhythm-based action game. Let me take a look at it real quick. Oh, it's like really uh, anime. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's clever though. <laughs> oh, this is the rollerblading one. No, there's no rollerblading. Oh, I thought it was the rollerblading. No. No. You're, I think you're thinking of Jet Set Radio Future, or because I think it did get compared to that, but it's totally different. It's, uh, like I the see. premise of it, you're you're having a like a robotic a surgery to get a robotic arm placed, but then an accident happens and like your iPod gets attached to your chest, so like your powers are coming from an iPod that's been surgically inserted in your chest. <laughs> I see. Crazy stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll check it out then. Wow, I got a 9 out, nine out of 10 from IGN. Yeah, it's got good reviews, too. It was such yeah. a surprise release. They just announced it, and then, oh, it's out today. So <laughs> I just went, yeah. okay, I'll give it a shot, and I got addicted to it. You know, uh, IGN gave The Last of Us um, television show 9 out, of, 9 out of 10, too, right? Mm. I was just wondering, like, what? What was that one point taken off for? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find a fault in this last episode. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our return episode, our first of 2023. So this episode was a good one, I think. So I guess it's not Tim's fault after all. <laughs> it's Dane's success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be our name for our next uh name uh show name okay, there you go. 2024 yeah. day of success <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess with that i'll go ahead and throw it to you dane for the outro all right go over to the batman universe then at facebook.com slash batman universe twitter handles at batman universe tim's twitter handles at tim g311 or his new twitter handles at tim g it's all his fault <laughs> uh, <laughs> i wonder if that's taken <laughs> it's probably too long, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my Twitter handles at Dean says banana. Rate and reviews on iTunes. Um, iTunes it doesn't exist anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you want to email the show, you can email the show at batfanswithoutpants at gmail dot com. So I'd like so with that, I can say at the end of every single episode. We love each and every one of you with all of our hearts, no matter how late in <laughs> our hearts may be in telling you that. <laughs> oh, Tim. You're telling everybody that 
you love them even though you, you don't show up for them <laughs> the love is still there even though you don't show up <laughs> all right hopefully they still felt it <laughs> see you guys next time see you next time everybody